Hello my lovelies, I'm Jay Acroin Insight. Have you ever thought about your own brilliance? How do you express your brilliance? These questions came up for consideration after I sat for that most recently posted weekly message. What do I even mean by brilliance? Well, simply put, I'm using the word to mean radiance, shine and or bright light. So in the context of that weekly message, a very quick recap, I talked about ownership. I don't know if I used the word ownership, but I did talk about ownership. Basically owning that we show up from who we are. I did talk about it quite a bit in that reading, but I will just recap it a little bit here where I said something, you know, if we show up from a really negative place, like we lose our shit or we swear at someone or we do anything, right? We justify that behavior because of what someone else did. But even when we do something lovely, like, you know, give to charity or help someone out, we can negate our own uh, ownership. We can negate the fact that we're showing up from where we are. So we don't take the credit, right? So we don't take the blame, although I'm not, I'm not about blame or credit, but we don't take the blame and we don't take the credit because in that second way, we may turn around and say, oh yeah, but they needed help or anyone else would do that. And it's like, no, but you did that. That kind of self-awareness of the awareness that I'm showing up from who I am, I refer to as brilliance. So I'm going to take you on a trip through this notion and what I mean when I talk about ownership and brilliance. And I've taken inspiration from Aquarius season, um, the other fixed signs and the hosts of the nodes, Aries and Libra. Before we get into that, I just very quickly want to remind you please do not forget to like, share and subscribe. Thank you so much to everyone that supports this channel and that supports me and they're not always the same thing. But for those of you that do support both, I, I appreciate you so much. This is a community run venture now at this point. So those that make donations, you guys literally keep the lights on for Aquarian Insight. Thank you so much for that. As I sit here recording this, I'm even more grateful for you guys. Um, I've been seeing a few posts and things from people that I follow on social media who are having a hell of a time on, on YouTube. And I know that was, what, four years ago now, but you guys helped me with that. So I'm really grateful. Right, let's get back to this brilliance. Talking about communities like ours, and what do I even mean by that, by communities like ours? I mean communities that are committed to personal growth, greater self-awareness, self-development, um, self-expression, self-empowerment, right? You know, all of this stuff that we guys are always working on. I really don't think it's hyperbolic to say that we're all experts when it comes to our shadows. Most of us have spent years delving deep into those less visible and less acknowledged parts of our personalities into our emotions, our beliefs, because we've been trying to bring awareness, right? To reconcile and integrate ultimately those darker, very often rejected aspects of ourselves. This deep self-reflection eventually becomes a process. I know it's become a process in my life. I know many of you, it's become a process for you. And it remains an integral part of how we navigate and make sense of the world and our place within it. Now, you might say, well, okay, great. The story ends there, right? I'm talking about shadow work on its own. On its own, we're really, we're good at that. We, we might go off and meditate. We might go off on a retreat. We might need to take some time for ourselves. We might hermit mode, you know, all of these things. And hey, we use these as tools to explore within ourselves. You know, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? What's coming up? 
We can do it with a reader. We can do it with an astrologer. We can do it with a therapist. So we all have these ways of doing it. And before we get back to your brilliance, I do want to talk a little bit more about the shadow. And the reason for this is that the shadow most definitely plays its own part in what you radiate. And even when you radiate, the brighter you radiate, the more your brilliance, you will deepen the shadows. So they have this relationship. And there you go. That's Aries and Libra coming in there already. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that, you know, shadow work can be a really powerful tool for self-exploration, self-discovery, growth, all of that wonderful stuff. But as with most things, it does have its limitations or rather it doesn't have its limitations, but how we use it and how we integrate it can have its limitations. You know, just because we have the willingness to dive into our own shadows, it doesn't mean we're always prepared for what is on earth there. I mean, the fact that something lies in the shadow, it does so for a very good reason. And it can be both mentally and emotionally distressing. doesn't matter where we are in the process or however long we've been doing the work. I know within my own explorations, the deeper I've gone, the darker and sometimes even more distressing the discoveries. I've been doing this for a very long time. I mean, you guys have seen me since in these videos since October 2016. I've been doing it publicly, but I was doing it for decades before that, you know, in my own life by myself, in my in exploring myself, whether consciously or unconsciously. So absolutely, you know, the, the further the, down the road you go, you can sometimes find even more distressing things down there, right? The way that I like to see it is, you know, the seasoned fisherman, the one that's a pro fisherman now, you know, can go out into the open sea. Well, he's more likely to encounter a shark than a newbie fisherman who's just starting out in streams and ponds. And even if you don't encounter a shark, the same way that sometimes you need help to reel in a big one, dealing with these kinds of massive inner discoveries can also require the help of another. And it doesn't matter how, you know, where we are in the process, how long we've been doing it. Discovery is one thing, because even when we've had the help, we'll have the help of an expert in identifying what lies within, and we feel ready to explore ways to integrate these discoveries into our everyday life. Awareness is not always enough. Incorporating changes in a sustainable way can prove extremely challenging. And I'm sure there's not a single one of you that would deny that, right? It's also where we begin to think about overhauling existing situations and relationships. You know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Our lives involve other people and situations. So we begin to think about how we're going to show up in situations and in our relationships. And, you know, anyone that's ever been through this process, even once, and I know we've all gone through it many times, Not everyone gets the memo that we're ready to show up in a new way. And you know, the example I always use about the dance moves that we change the dance moves. I've been saying that for the last bloody seven years, I think. There's this need to show up and practice, because it's not like we know the new moves, right? To show up and practice our new moves on the dance floor. And by dance floor, I mean work, I mean relationships, you know, with work with our colleagues and with our loved ones. But we very quickly find that they are sticking to the old choreography and that can pose a real challenge. Like that can be really challenging to have to face that. Now we've talked about this before, but I'll mention it quickly here, right? You know, sadly, what often happens is our options get reduced down to reverting back to the old dance steps. 
So we just don't do our new dance. We just slip back right back in, right? Or we just, or we abandon that known dance floor completely. What does that look like? You know, just get rid of everyone, have a complete cast change in the stories of our lives. You know, I don't need them, cut everyone out. I'm going to have a mass cull. Now I say sadly, because even though neither of these things that I'm describing are bad, right? They're not inherently wrong. Sometimes that's what's needed. I mean, I can think of one example. If you're a, if you're a, recover, a recovering drug addict and all of the people around you are drug, drug addicts, right? It doesn't matter how much you change your dance moves in that move. They're not going to change. You know, you may be able to inspire someone, but you can't sacrifice your own growth and recovery in the hope of saving other people. I mean, that's the opposite of what I'm talking about here. So they're not inherently wrong, any of these things, whether you, you know, are unable to make, put, pull the changes off this time and you think, oh God, I'm not going to be able to do this, or whether you just get rid of everyone. The problem is when that too becomes a pattern. So we get stuck in this endless loop, right? And one of them is that we keep trying and failing. We keep trying and failing. Um, you know, what do I mean? But we're trying to change. The worst, the absolute worst part of this is where I call it the swipe right culture and we perpetuate that. And what do I mean by that? You know, oh, screw this person, you know, just swipe right, get rid of them. And I've seen people do that with long-term, well, usually people who get stuck in that loop do not have too many long-term relationships. That's part of the problem. The swipe right culture of like, you know, nah, it's too difficult, screw this person, they don't get me, cancel them. It actually stems from the fact that we deny that relationships are built and require effort. They build, they, they need building, right? They need support. They need people to show up and actually actively work on having a relationship. And that takes effort. And sadly, it's encouraged and almost like glorified by um, Western society that we don't need to do that. Swipe right culture. And so too many people, they venture forth alone, finding it increasingly difficult to not just enjoy relationships with others, but to maintain them. I truly believe that the only solution that truly works is to recognise at some point that it's our commitment to how we show up that's going to help us to incorporate the changes and to sustain healthier new habits. So let me go back over that. To What are we committing to? To how we show up, committing to our brilliance. Now, I don't want to make this too much about the individual, although it is about the individual, right? But there will always be relational, societal, and even systemic changes that need to be made. There's a line on the first page, I think it's chapter one of uh, The Fourth Turning, where it says, yet even while we exalt our own personal growth, we realise that millions of self-actualised persons don't add up to an actualised society. So I do recognise that there are changes that need to be made outside of ourselves. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, hey, just change yourself. Don't worry about what's going on outside of, your, outside of yourself. What I am saying is that I believe that outer changes are best, are, are, are the most achieved or the best achieved as expressions of our own individual changes. So rather than being seen as the sole solution, as in, if I change the outside of myself, then I'll change, right? And we're going to go into that. I've got an example for you. We must change first. We must recognise the role that we play. I am showing up as me. Because then it doesn't matter what you change outside of yourself, right? Trust me, we just end up in the same shit, which is what we've been seeing. 
So in that sense, the two, the inner and the outer change would ideally need to go hand in hand, right? And it's in the same way that I believe shadow work on its own is not enough and it needs to go hand in hand which I could call it light work but that term is so loaded with other meanings and other definitions and whatever so it's it doesn't matter I can I'll just call it brilliance which is why I've been saying brilliance so the shadow work needs it, it, it already does work with our brilliance we're just bringing awareness to this the more you endeavor to show up from a place of your brilliance the more you will need to implement the insights of years of shadow work they go hand in hand doing all of that shadow work has made you more brilliant so what's one thing that you can do right now to embrace your brilliance and make a commitment to showing up in the most radiant way possible like taking ownership completely of who you are and why you do what you do now that may sound really obvious i'm going to break it down a little bit and as i said in the weekly message we can take complete ownership of who we are and how we show up. Now, at first blush, that may sound like we're still facing the same old dance floor dilemma, right? That I was talking about earlier. In that, you know, oh, I'm trying to, Jay, but everyone else is still doing blah, 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 or, you know, whatever, that thing. That's not what I'm saying. If we truly embrace our own brilliance, it is, on the contrary, it removes the dance floor and dancers completely. And I mean that at least from a place of awareness. It's really important to be able to unpack this and understand the different moving parts that are going on. Because the brilliance part is all you. That's the point. So when I say to you that, you know, we remove the dance floor and we remove the other dancers completely, at least from a place of our, you know, self-awareness or from our own awareness, what we're focusing on, I am not suggesting go do, go work on yourself a bit more. I'm not saying that. That's one of the worst things, you know, I'll go do some more shadow work. I go, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to go off on your own to go work on yourself some more in isolation and in deep reflection. I think there's been way too much of that. We're past that time now. We continue the process, but we do it as we interact with others. As I was thinking about this and I put together notes for this talk because it's such a I really wanted to break it down. I really wanted to go through it in a really deep way. So I actually wrote out loads of information and I was sat there writing all of this and I thought of the movie Dirty Dancing. And if you guys remember in that, that's anyone that's seen that, um, the scene when Johnny's teaching baby to be his dance partner, right? So he's teaching her to be his dance partner. And I wrote the line down and he, and he says, look spaghetti arms, this is my dance space. This is your dance space. I don't go into yours. You don't go into mine. You got to hold the frame. So how do we hold the frame? Well, I'm going to be really blunt here. Before we can criticize or judge or even discern anyone or anything outside of ourselves, we must be aware of what we are doing and why. And it doesn't matter. No matter how many years you may have spent on a practice, on introspection, on therapy, on study, on self-knowledge, you know, whether you're a reader, whether whether you're a therapist yourself. And I actually knew a therapist that I had to have this conversation with. And that was about a year before I started Aquarian Insight, actually, if I think about her. If we are trying something new, and I mean, even if we're shifting our awareness, even if we're trying a different perspective, it would be foolhardy to expect ourselves to be experts, you know, minute one, day one. And I don't say this to put any of us down. 
I, I'd say all of that to take the pressure off. We've looked so often at our past failures. Like, as I said, we're experts at the shadow work. We know how messed up we are or what was done to us or the traumas, right? We know how much we've failed at stuff and how we've messed up relationships or not shown up from the best versions of ourselves. But in the same way that, you know, with courage, we have the ability to try something new. It's the same with our past victories where we think we've done well. But instead of courage, I mean, sometimes it is courage. We also need humility and no expectation of getting it perfectly right. We're trying something new. Every day we try something new, hopefully. The more and more, every time we try to integrate more of our shadow, it's a fresh day. It's a new cycle. And yet often I think it is, we need humility, right? And, and not to expect all of that stuff from us or from ourselves. We're not going to get it perfectly right first try ever. And we probably won't even be acknowledged for, you know, what is an, a Herculean effort to even approach something from a different perspective. So what I want you to do is I'm, I'm going to ask you to imagine the high priestess, you know, the high priestess from the tarot. You see her sat there in between the two pillars. You know, I've pointed her out so many times with the, the curtain behind her. The high priestess invites us to access secrets. But the only promise she really makes is that you will find yourself. That's all she promises you. And you've heard me say that plenty of times, right? That when you go behind the curtain, there's a pool of water there. You will see your own reflection in it. And that path to ourselves, it's between the two pillars, the black and white pillars. They represent opposing forces, yes, but also complementary ones. They both hold up wherever she's sitting in, right? The temple that she's sat in. They both are needed. That means that we're not good or bad. We're not right or wrong. And I, I really don't like saying things like that because I think they're often misunderstood and can be taken as moral relativism. The high priestess is not the hierophant. That's another thing. It's not not just what she, is she, but what is she not? And that is her counterpart. So the two, the two pillars, we've got the high priestess and we've got the hierophant. The hierophant represents traditions and established structure and authority or even established structured authority the high priestess is our own inner wisdom which we witness or we encounter through our own intuition and our unconscious and the shadow work so the high priestess is never going to tell you what is wrong what is good what is bad what is right she won't tell you that that is the domain of the hierophant now I know, let's take a moment for that. Are you guys okay with that? Like, how do you feel hearing that? Because I think, especially within the spiritual community, and I've done it, so, you know, it took me a while to kind of grasp this myself, that we think our intuition is faultless, right? What our intuition is. And it is in one sense, but it's the meaning of it. So when you pick up something intuitively, you know, how many times have you, I've, how many times have you heard it? I've had, I mean, I've, I've, because of what I do, I've seen it um, on YouTube. Every single video would get this in the comments, right? What somebody would intuitively pick up about my energy. I loved it because I read everything in I statements and we'll get to that in a moment. So I want to go over that bit again, just to kind of really make sure it's understood, right? In that the high priestess is not telling you what is right or wrong. She's not telling you what is good or bad. The hierophant will do that. And even he has his limitations, um, around that but we'll we'll get to him later down the road the hype so then what is the high priestess telling us what is our intuition telling us the high priestess is telling us why we in ourselves feel or see things a certain way 
without making it about the external person or situation. So if you think about that, true intuition is not really about anything outside of ourselves. Now I know, yes, you might hear that and think, Jay, are you saying that even though you've made a living, uh, you know, as an intuitive for so many years? I'm saying it because of that, not despite that, because of that. You've heard me say this many, many times in that every reading I sit for is a message first for myself before it's for anyone else. It has to be. I'm a human being. I have a filter, I have a whatever, right? So that is the discernment stage for me as I get what is me and what isn't, right? That's how we discern. That's how I know what is the message and then I convey it as me. That's the high priestess part. You know, her, she's number two. She's uh, uh, She's numbered two in the major arcana. So she has to get her dues before we get to number five, the Hierophant. So it's the combination of both that allows us to make effective use of our inner wisdom in the outside world. So she's the inner wisdom, he's the outside world. I think that's true as a tarot reader, but I also believe that to be true as a human being when navigating relationships or work or society or, you know, this complex web of reality that we all live in. So in this context, when I speak of brilliance, I do not mean what you do, but why you do it. And that's why I brought in the Hierophant and the High Priestess to kind of represent these two parts. And it's the High Priestess that we're focusing on today, right? The tone of voice that you use, the words chosen, the reaction that you have, the very decision to act or not act in a certain way. We must always be aware, first and foremost, that we had a choice to do any of those things. And secondly, why we made that choice. So the high priestess does not, like she's not sat there with the curtain pulled saying, hey, there you go. Like it's not just there. You are initiated into that. We have a choice. I can choose to come from a place of self-awareness and know why I'm choosing this. There is a choice here to be made. Now, I do want to say this. I am talking about general interactions, day-to-day life. I recognise that there are some incredible, you know, one-off situations that can trigger a very kind of physiological fight or flight response. But we don't expect to encounter those often. And even the people that do as part of their job, they get very good. They understand. They get much better at slowing down the process and realising they have a choice. I had a friend that was learning how to fly. And some of her first lessons were really frightening. Like I think he would let go of the, the thing and do it like a bit of a free fall because she had to get used to not being afraid of being, you know, if something went wrong. So even in those situations, even people that do face those kinds of situations on a day-to-day, you know, what would send the rest of us into complete fight or flight, they get better at it. They slow it down. They don't react in that way. But, you know, most of us, we're not expecting to encounter those kinds of reactions every day. Now, I'm also aware, and I know this because I used to be one of them, that some people do react to mundane reality, to day to day, in that fight or flight way, in that kind of, oh my God, this is the end of the world, kind of like, you know, anticipation or anxiety kind of way. Now, the cause for the reason I did it was because I have a neurological chronic illness. I know other people who suffer from traumatic stress disorders, right, that they don't react in a way or they, I want to say it's not an overreaction because it just feels just about right when you're in that situation, right? That react in ways that most people may not. Now, those are unique situations. You know, they're, they're rare. They're not the norm. And in those kinds of situations, we need more expert advice. And I would recommend that. Like seek out some 
a professional who can help you work through your own ailment. So if someone had told me something, oh, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? It may have made no sense. I mean, if I told you that my whole body went into fight or flight, I mean, I mean, physically with the adrenal glands going or whatever from loud noise, from bright lights, you know, that's what used to set it off in my body. But that's because I have, you know, my neurological and, and it, it doesn't happen anymore. Like, you know, even with that kind of stuff, help is available. We're very blessed to be living in the times that we live in. Don't hear that too often these days, do you? But let's kind of bring that all back to brilliance. And let's go back to that question that I asked at the beginning. How do you express your brilliance? Now, I get it. You know, I've, I actually talked through this with a few people. And at this point, I was it still became clear that people were still stuck on the people that I was talking to stuck on thinking about what makes me brilliant. That's what they're thinking. Like, what makes me brilliant? And they would think about their work or their relationships or their kids and something. So I'll use a very simple example. Am I brilliant because I'm a master tarot reader? Am I brilliant because I'm recording this and sat here talking about all of this stuff, sharing it? No, they have nothing to do with my brilliance at all. They are just ways that I show up. And in fact, being aware of my own brilliance makes it easier for me to do those things, but they're not really related. There is a very kind of general, simplified, quick rule of thumb way that you can check. You can check in with yourself and say, am I taking ownership of my experience? And it, it's so simple and it's so overstated, but really consider it in the context of what we're talking about. Ask yourself why. And you can apply this to anything to anything that you do, even the things that you don't do. You know, when it's like, oh God, I should, you know, you think something, but you don't say it or you feel something, you know, so it can be either way, but, and it's rule of thumb. So I get it, you know, it's just very kind of quick, dirty way to kind of get to grips with this and to kind of give yourself that moment of choice, right? To say, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this? Why? Remember that invitation from the high priestess. You will find yourself behind that curtain. And even the curtain, it's adorned with pomegranates. Those are symbolic representations of hidden mysteries, of fertility, the seasons of life, death, the underworld. You know, I mentioned her a few weeks ago, but Persephone is related to pomegranates. But the high priestess also tells us not all truths are revealed. Some require a deeper understanding to unveil these truths. She's a teacher of the occult and the occult literally means that which is hidden. Now, that's not a trick question. That's not a trap. So, oh God, that's not going to be shown to me. The willingness to ask why, the willingness to really be, to shine that light, to look for that clarity. I think that is often what we need, right? I mean, there's no end point to self-discovery. We just complete cycles within cycles of our own self-awareness. We become more and more self-aware. Everything comes back to you in the end in your life. And again, not based on what is going on outside of you, but based on how you perceive it. These are different things. You know, I've I've noticed this so often with, because I have a friend and I talk, I love him and I'm so grateful for him because in talking to him and he's not interested in any of the kind of what he calls woo-woo spiritual, you know, he thinks he's a rational human being and you know that's all he cares about give him science prove it can happen and that's all he cares about but there are times where it's not possible for me and him to have when I mean, we we still do we have a discussion but we are talking about two different things i'm not saying he wouldn't be interested in something like this but 
if someone who's just focused on physical reality will start saying, oh, well, what if they do this? And what if they do that? It defeats the whole thing. Like it's, it's unrelated to what is being said. That's why the Hierophant part deals with that. And I do want to deal with that because it is a part of this, but you bring it in too early. So we can do that ourselves, that we bring in too many factors and we're overcomplicating it. That's why it's so simple. It's just the why. Why am I feeling this, thinking this, saying this, wanting to do this, like, you know, whatever it is, but why am I doing this? That self-awareness. That's all we're talking about. That is the brilliance. And when you answer your why, does your answer come from ownership? Does it come from your brilliance, basically, is what I'm saying? Is it about you? That's all it means. Is it about you? Now, I've been saying this since day dot. Every statement is an I statement. I swear I've not said it as much as I have since the North Node went into Aries. Because that's the other reminder of Aries. Every statement is an I statement. This is whether we are aware of it or not, right? What we are always talking from ourselves. Because we're the only, we can only see the world as ourselves. So as every statement is an I statement, we may as well overtly frame it as such. Now, it can be really tempting. Um, and I did have an example here. I'm going to use that. So it can be really, and only because I heard someone say this, right? Um, it can be really tempting to say something like, you know, she's so rude. Now I feel hurt and I'm sick of being a doormat and I'm going to stand up for myself, right? And in a, in a way, it definitely shows a pause to take ownership, not much of a pause, but to take ownership, right, of making a choice. I'm going to go stand up for myself. That's a decision that's just been made there. And and maybe the decision is to go give someone a piece of them, of your mind, right? I'm going to go give someone a piece of my mind. And we can do all of these kind of, kind of mental gymnastics within our heads of, in a way, we're framing our behavior as self-empowered. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, it's like, hey, it's the first time I stood up for myself and that will show them no one's ever going to walk all over me again. I know my own worth, right? Now, in on one sense, it's amazing that you tried something new, like, you know, credit where credit is due. But as much as it may feel good to do it when you do it, as much as it may feel self-empowering in the moment, and I know so many people that do stuff like this, and then next week or next month, they're still feeling like a doormat, right? Still feeling shitty and it's like, huh? That's because it lacked brilliance. It lacked brilliance. Any answer that is not from a place of me, of who I am, right? It's a projection of the shadow still. Doesn't matter what anyone is doing, right? At this point, at this place of brilliance where we're looking at brilliance. So yes, those kinds of reactions may be self-empowered, but they do lack brilliance. And if it's not clear to you guys by now, I believe you are immensely brilliant. That's why we're having this talk. So you can embrace those parts of yourselves. So let's go back to that sentence. What did I say? She's so rude. Now I feel hurt. I'm sick of being a doormat and I'm going to stand up for myself. Now I picked it because I've heard that phrase so often. But if you have the ears to hear and the eyes to see, this sentence isn't wrong. There's nothing wrong with that sentence. Like we might, you know, and we start, we start doing that saying, oh God, look at her. She's judging it as rude and she's just triggered herself. And, you know, now she's so sick of being a doormat and blah, you know, all of that stuff that like we can do. And we do that to each other. I see it all the time it, online, people, how they talk to each other. I'm going to address that as well. There's nothing wrong with that sentence. Remember what I said, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, there are plenty of I statements in that. They may not just be framed as I statements. Now, that statement goes from the outside in, right? She, so we know what's happened. Somebody has said something or done something that is rude, right? So it starts on the outside in that she did this. So now I'm hurt and that I'm just, I'm, 
my empowered response is to stop being a doormat and I'm going to go stand up for myself. Here's a really quick, easy way to find the brilliance in, in how to do that, which is reverse it. Go from the inside out. So I'm going to take those points in reverse and I'm going to frame them from a place of self-awareness and self-expression, right? So, which ultimately is a pro- from a place of brilliance. So if you think about that, right, let me just say it one more time. She is, she's so rude. Now I feel hurt, sick of being a doormat and I'm going to stand up for myself and they go off and give them a piece of their mind, right? And that's a, that's a kind of five of swords kind of moment if you think about it, which is an Aquarius card. Let's take it backwards and it, we say, this is currently the only way I know how to react when I feel defensive and like I need to stand up for myself. I feel that way because I am sick of treating myself and thus letting others treat me like a doormat. And I do that because I don't know how to deal with my feelings of hurt. I brought all of that with me to this interaction and therefore I found this person rude rather than a person who probably has their own very similar dynamic to mine going on. Now I'd written that out, that's why it sounds disjointed. Once you begin to hear your own I statements, and this is not about going around, you know, checking other people's, like hear your own. Start trying to frame things as I statements, especially when you type. What are you saying about yourself? Not about anyone else. What are you saying about yourself? And once you do that often enough, you will automatically hear everything you encounter as an I statement. You, it, you just change the way you communicate. You will change the way you hear communication outside of yourself. You will hear I statements everywhere. Now, I do want to add this as a little caveat, right? Here's a word of advice and take it from someone who did get stuck here for a while. And I've brought this up before as well. This part of the brilliance, this part of realizing what am I saying about myself? And I could, let me try to give another example actually before I give you the caveat. So it might be something, um, you know, I was saying, what are you saying about yourself? Like, why? Why am I saying this? You know, it might be you're going forward to give someone some unsolicited advice, right? And if you say, oh God, why am I saying this? You could just turn around and say to that person, I really care about you. I really want to help you in any way that I can. That's, that is why you're saying what you're saying that is showing up with brilliance someone really is i mean i i I, the i think this was about two years ago somebody um in my life who treated was treating me like an emotional punch bag and um i was gonna say all sorts of stuff like defend the stuff talk about and it wasn't about any of that stuff and all i said really clearly is i'm not enjoying this interaction now since then i've gotten even better than that but that was the best that I could do in that moment because I was really upset. And I said, I'm not enjoying this. Now, they didn't talk to me for six months after that, which again, that's Hierophant territory. But in that moment, I did feel good that I expressed how I was feeling. Now, why am I saying that? Because when we come from the high priestess portion alone, remember, she's passive. She's the keeper of secrets. So you can feel this within yourself, right? You feel this, you have this realization. You realize your own I statements you look at someone else, you know, that whole kind of hurt people, hurt people. You realize that. Yes, the high priestess part that I'm, well, I'm calling the high priestess part in this. That is the understanding. That is the brilliance. But if we do not also bring in the hierophant, we get stuck making excuses for others and ourselves. We very often enable really bad behavior. And that is not really supportive of a growing relationship. And we do it under this kind of misguided sense of compassion and empathy. But really, we're not we're not dealing with it or changing anything. But nevertheless, it doesn't change that starting off with our own brilliance, right? It is a really powerful place to start. 
it's the same way though right that knowing why we all dance the way we do doesn't change the dance i know all we're talking about today is the brilliance part and the other stuff i am going to talk about on another occasion so that's one of them right where we just let bad behave and I, you know i did this i've 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 gone through this this was one of my when i start to meet people through queer and insight and oh god i swear right you know i stopped saying on oh, my rule don't tell me what to do i stopped saying that but then i'd hear all this have all this stuff projected and hey when you're there when you know people meet you through your work or through your readings or you know whatever it's that that's part of the course like you will be projected on like you know that's just natural i've i've spoken to people that have like parasocial relationships with me you know they think they know me or because they watch my videos they they feel kind of in a way and then they're really disappointed when i'm not connected to them i don't know them so i'm aware of all this stuff that happens because i've played a role in so many people's growth or what they've done sometimes they talk to me about something and i've had some people be very rude to me uh, you know that she's so rude kind of example but it didn't hurt me you know so for example um and i knew it you know they felt hurt by me i there was a situation where i had someone commenting on my work they've never done anything like i do and i was very clear on that like you know just hey um you know i've been doing this for a very long time they must have felt hurt by that you know um, put down in some way which they did they owned it afterwards and they kind of retaliated by kind of having a dig at the quality of my work as you know i'm just sat here prattling on about stupid stuff whereas they're more concerned about kind of deeper issues or whatever now in that situation i very consciously was aware that this is probably the first time in this person's life that they've stood up for themselves and that's happened so many times you know there's been several times that that's happened to me in my life uh, just in the past year where I've recognised this is the first time this person's standing up for themselves. But what I used to do was not say anything. I'd be like, oh, that's fine, like, you know, whatever. Which is good for them that they stood up. I'm also not being a good friend or a good, you know, whatever it is, especially if we want to have a friendship. We're not going to have a friendship if I do that by not saying anything. Because I've not been honest. I've not, you know, pushed a little bit in that, you know, you know, you don't have to say that. It's fine. Right? Yeah, just I would just think, oh, that you know they're standing up for themselves in the first in the first time ever for the first time ever and i'd even congratulate people and that was true you know i would say congratulations on doing that but i'd left the other part unsaid saying you know that you don't have to take swipes at me i'm not your emotional punch bag do you see what i mean so i've i said doormat here i've been a doormat you know i've gone through that many times in my life where i've treated myself like a doormat not other, even other people i've done that so i do want to say that here that when you get this awareness especially empaths empaths are really bad anyway because they feel guilty and i say this as someone's gone through this because you can feel everyone else's feelings so you feel guilty when someone feels a certain way when you start hearing the i statements and you realize this person's sticking up for themselves or whatever if you're in a relationship with that person and you hope to be like a friendship or family member then it's really important that you move past that to to say, hey, with the high priestess stuff, like, well done that you had this realization or you did whatever and you're you're trying to do this. But the hierophant, the rules part, which we'll get to, they have to change as well. It's not okay just to to speak to other people in certain ways or to react in certain ways just because you're having a breakthrough, right? That that's part of the awareness of our brilliance is to recognize that we do affect each other right it's not enough that oh i'm not affected by other people you are affected by other people remember we're only looking at the why 
why now so that's one of them is will we let people get away with murder because we are aware of oh no poor them right because we can we can relate because we're poor us the other pitfall of this awareness and this is rife right is going around diagnosing each other you need to do some shadow work or you know your i statement means this or blah 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 i don't do that i i, I hate everything in an i statement i don't do that and i i won't lie though i have at least with one or two family members pulled it out a little bit knowing you know well you do you know you're really saying this i've done it twice i could tell you the two times i've done it not proud of myself for doing that because if i have that awareness that's for me to change how i show up hierophant you're the one that has the awareness it's always a nice statement always especially when we think it isn't it's always going to come back to us it's just really difficult to see that sometimes right because we're like no but they did this or and we can reframe it in all kinds of ways we justify it why do you think i talked about justification in libra season we justify it in so many different ways that we're being good that we're being kind remember the double devil in the weekly those are all the ways that we justify this but there's that kind of golden question of why why am i saying this why like completely honestly why what am i actually saying and if we're completely honest you know don't that's why i say answer it as an i statement don't just say oh but i'm helping them or whatever right i'm being in help uh, i'm I feel like I need to help this person right now. Do you? Right, you know, whatever. Like, just be completely honest with yourself. And you don't have to say shit to anyone else. This is all goes on within at this point because you are showing up from your brilliance. What is already there? You're not trying to be someone else. You're just shining this awareness on stuff that you already know. You already know this about yourself. Right, I think I've talked a lot. I'm going to wrap this up a little bit and frame it in the context of... um current astrology just very briefly which i kind of mentioned at the beginning i hope that you guys can see it's not too much of a stretch to see that the high priestess and the shadow and the deeper unconscious aspects they relate to pluto right and scorpionic themes and that's the whole that's the, the um that's the straw of the show at the moment right is pluto's entered aquarius so i wanted to bring that up and i wanted to bring it up in a different way because we all the stuff that i've said here we know all of this we have i have forget we i have pithy little statements of you know oh yeah every statement's an i statement or everywhere you look you find yourself but what does that actually mean in practice what does it look like what does it mean and you've heard me say this in the weeklies i've talked about this where we have done plenty of work on ourselves how do we now express it and I've even in, hopefully I think I've said it in this as well, but the we, we keeps coming up, the royal we, right? But but we keeps coming up, us, together, Aquarius. We are individuals, yes, I statements. But I have a video and I did it ages ago, I'll have to revisit that, is every I statement is a we statement. If you can say it, everyone else gets to say it as well. If you are like that, other people may be like that too. If you are hurt, you may be hurting someone else as well, inadvertently, without even knowing. If someone tells you that you've hurt them and you had no intention to, then, hey, you know, the, what? Th these are all things that we're not aware of. Sometimes we, we, we always put ourselves, right, that we're in the right and other people, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't mean that, you know, as if that changes anything. Now, talking about brilliance, and I had to use that word, that comes from the full moon in Leo. So this talk that I did today was very Scorpio and Leo heavy. We had a full moon in Leo and 
you know, how the hell are we supposed to show up in our true brilliance in a new way? And that kind of from the heart, from our self-expression, if we're still externalizing everything and taking it all personally, that is one of the things if you, and I'm not talking about people, although I have said it to my Leo friends, you know, but if you talk of, think about the energies of Aquarius and Leo, Leo is that the, the king, right? The person on the stage is the sun. It's the person shining. And one thing that Aquarius says to Leo energy is do not take the world personally. And in a way, that's what I'm saying to you sat here with the, these talks, the brilliance of it is you have brilliance. Use your brilliance to see yourself more clearly first before you worry about what the world sees. So if we are externalizing everything, if we are taking it all personally, we're not going to show up fully. In fact, you know, even when we, it makes it harder right? Because you can still tell that we're externalizing and taking it personally. It doesn't matter what you, and I mean my, myself as well, when I, when I go to do something, if it, if it's like, oh God, I'm really afraid to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? Because I'm afraid to be seen as, I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know, my fears are externalized that so-and-so might say this, or they might do this. I'm not showing up for my brilliance. I've made it harder for myself. Because I'm not going back, look, why are you doing this? Or why are you afraid right now? Because I don't want to be criticised, right? You know, that's going to be more honest, right? So if you go to that place. So we make it harder on ourselves. If, if Even if it's, what's one of the things of, um, you know, oh, I don't care if people get offended or I don't care if my family don't want me to come around, for, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, that's not a nice statement. That's not brilliance. Even if you say, I don't care, why are we talking about it then? If you feel anything around it, you have some care for it. This is a lot deeper. And the thing is, you are all very capable of going to that. You live in that place, a lot of you, right? So you are aware of this. But we are trying to cross that threshold from where we are within ourselves, the work that we've done in ourselves, the awareness that we have for ourselves and how we show up in the world now. So we can have the relationships that we want. So we can have the jobs that we want. So we can show up and create in the way that we want. But, you know, a lot of that stuff where we talk about having courage and confidence and all the rest of it, it's because we deny our own brilliance. We make it about other people. And the whole thing with relationships, I mean, the bloody nodes are in Libra and Aries, right? It's all about that, how we show up and our relationships, how we relate to each other. You know, brilliance or that use of that word, it's not some kind of abstract notion. Like you think about the hermit and how he lights the way and how he decides from his own brilliance. Think about the brilliance of the star, of the sun, right? Even of the moon, the moon reflects the brilliance of the sun. So yeah, you know, a lot of this talk has been very kind of very scorpionic, very Leo. And that makes sense because that, brilliance you know our hearts how we shine that is what we take into the shadow when we do all that kind of inner world stuff that is what we take within us that light that's what we hold the hydra up to if you guys remember back um those few scorpio seasons ago but the brilliance isn't just for the shadow work that's i guess the whole point of this it's also how we show up more completely and more authentically in the outer world by completely i mean as a whole person that's how we show up in the outer world. Now, as I mentioned, that's the realm of the Hierophant. And with a new moon in Aquarius coming up, and that new moon squares Uranus in Taurus, that's going to be a talk for next time. So we, I am going to bring in the more kind of Taurus 
and Aquarius parts of this because I, I really saw the fixed signs within this. Um, I didn't intend to. I mean, it's Aquarius season, yes. And I was bringing up um, Leo because we've had a full moon in Leo and that's the opposite sign. But it makes sense. You know, the last couple of years, we've had so much Taurus Scorpio energy. And in a way, that's why we are experts. I said at the beginning, that's why we are experts at the shadow work because we've done so bloody much of it. But how do we build with that now? And how do we build in new ways? You know, Taurus is the builder. How do we build in new ways? Asked Uranus in Taurus. And I will look at that next time. Anyway, I'm going to leave it right here. Let me know how you get on. I did write a whole load of stuff and I've kind of improvised. If it sounded a bit disjointed in places, I've got it in front of me and I'm reading through it. I will post what I wrote on my website. So if you're interested, every time I post a podcast, or a video, there's a page that gets created on my website and it usually has, you know, it will have the podcast. I add the video afterwards. And if you just go on the homepage of AquarianInsight.com, at the bottom, you will find it. So I might add this on the website as well. Just what I wrote It's not exactly what I said, but it's more or less. I expanded it a little more as I was talking about it. But there you go, my lovelies. Thank you so much to everyone that supports me. I'm truly, truly grateful. I love you guys. Thank you. I will see you next time. But that's all for now. Goodbye.